0: Hello, folks. It's good to be back. It's episode 207 of, of the Patriot Review. Yesterday, we had our guest um, pull out at the last minute, I guess not feeling too well, get we her rescheduled. Today, I've got Scott McKay, who's uh, written a great book, and we'll talk about that um, starting the second block. So, first, we want to get to some of the news headlines, and there's so much news. I pick and choose some things that uh, I think you want to hear and some things that may be kind of um, in the background so number one on the list is that the judge denies crazy jack smith's request to conceal documents in trump classified materials case so let's look at this so we got president trump who has the presidential records act as a protection that's been there for a long long time and he's got documents that um you know a much smaller pile of documents than what the fbi made it look when they set up all the the, the photographs that they took and they purposely did that of course um where we saw piles of, of documents in biden's garage which suddenly we don't hear anything about that but but uh you know this guy jack smith i think he wants to be um uh, something more than he is i think that's part of this problem is he you know he's he's the lapdog of tyranny that's what i call him he's a lapdog of tyranny and um he brings this case and then he wants to censor and conceal just like the left and leftist fascists have done to you and me on social media and and in other ways uh school board meetings etc right so this lapdog of tyranny wants to pick and choose which evidence gets heard now i don't know about you i'm a i'm an older guy right i'm in i'm 56 and uh, one of my favorite old-time shows is Hogan's Heroes, and they always make a joke out about how the Nazis used to say, "We'll give you a trial after which you will be shot," you yeah, right? So he's going to have this fair trial, and here you have this lapdog of tyranny, Jack Smith, you know, uh, getting a little bit of a beatdown, saying, "No, he can't do that. He can't do that," right? And uh, we have many judges, of course, that we're seeing. Uh, seeing across the nation uh, proving that they are also lapdogs of tyranny. And um, I'm really looking forward to the day when uh, everyone gets out to vote, remember that, and uh, goes on the day of the election and Trump gets back in and then we can start exposing all of these treasonous bastards for who they are. And certainly Jack Smith will be on the top of the list. Uh, So Uh, Gutfeld, uh, he made, uh, he made a reference to Fox News and Tucker Carlson. Musk may be
1: the last man standing between real freedom of speech and the suffocating block of the censorship industrial complex, which is made up of government, media, and tech forces. He realizes that advertisers have no spine and can be easily cowed by special interest groups in cahoots with political allies. If you don't believe me, I got two words for you. Tucker Carlson. (laughs) 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 wham
0: everybody was shocked when he said that of course because he's on fox news and he just bashed fox news because fox news has become i don't know more woke i guess but um more politically left-leaning for sure and a lot of people have fled fox news i personally haven't watched fox news in a long time not a fan of hannity anymore he's revealed himself to be pretty much a rhino in my opinion so i don't watch it how about this? New York goes into full panic mode over potential Trump victory. The New York Times clearly continues to have a bad case of Trump derangement syndrome, leading it to make the preposterous claims about what a second Donald Trump term would look like. And uh, so they they put out polls, right? And they put out polls and they manipulate the language and the questions for uh, within those polls so, uh, polls so they get the answers they want and um you know headline they headline it uh why a second trump presidency may be more radical than his first okay so what's more radical than what we're seeing today the new york times everybody knows is the you know, the new York slime, right so once again you know they try to um they try to drum up all this stuff that we are the fascists yet they they prove it every day and what they expect us to do what they want to control uh, right down to your gas stove, right? Right down to the number of ounces of soda you can drink. If you remember Bloomberg's efforts to do that. when the Democrat blue cities are reaping what they've sown. And guess what? They're realizing that their, their utopia is an impossibility and a joke. And uh, we're seeing that hopefully some of the major cities like New York City uh, start to wake up before they completely destroy those cities, and they're pretty—they're pretty close, aren't they? All right. Speaking of rhinos, Kevin McCarthy believes that Matt Gaetz belongs in jail. Um, so Kevin, you know, you're—you're—you're you're, you're a rhino loser. People want you out of the way. People want you out. Period. Just like they want all the rhinos out. So this feud that's going on between poor Kevin and his hurt feelings and Matt Gates is just another just another display of how out of touch these Washington um tyrants and 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 uh, rhinos and deep staters uh are. You know, Liz Cheney comes out and says she's the current day Abraham Lincoln. I mean, are you freaking kidding kid me? And we have we have uh, Kevin here who who uh, thought that he was really doing a great job when he wrote a strongly worded letter. I remember he talked about his strongly worded letters, or letters and did nothing for us. And um, so now he's whining about Matt Gates, who did the right thing. He says he belongs in jail. And, of course, he doesn't say why he believes that. And um, so have you heard enough of him yet? I certainly have. Uh, second U.S. state sees outbreak in children's uh, mystery illness, of course, we have this coming, another virus coming out of China, so it was China virus two. And uh, of course, China is trying to deny it and hide the the numbers of children who've had it and uh, what the the, uh, outcome has been, just like they did with COVID. If you remember, I brought this up before, that Bill Gates and uh, Melinda Gates were in an interview And they were talking about the second pandemic, or plandemic, I would say is a better word for it, that uh, would be much more severe than COVID. So could this be it? Yes, it certainly could be it, because we have the 2024 election coming, and they want to get back to isolating us and controlling us. And uh, they want that election, as you know, and will cheat and do anything that they can do to get it, so please, please, please get involved. Um, you know, I watch. I'm basically a, a poll watcher, and uh, you can do the same thing. It's only going to take you a, you know, four hours out of your day. I think is what the average shift is. You, know, you can stay more for sure, but um, get involved because this is this is important stuff, and they will use this pandemic when it comes to America, of course. To use those emergency action procedures and of course Biden signed over our sovereignty to you know the um, the health uh, World Health Organization I got it out and um, that is is another risk that uh, we haven't really dealt with in the past and uh, that is something that we're just gonna have to basically stand up and say hell no we're not gonna follow this you can't put all of us in jail right so the masks and all this and of course the the vaccinations now they're going to putting mrna uh, into other vaccines not just the COVID vaccine so that is looking like you know it's time to say i'm never going to take another shot again and that's just my opinion <clears throat> all right so let's go to this one at the border i was threatened by a cartel keep us out of your mouth so we have basically a member of the press um that um that was down at the border and he had covered and had made some comments about the cartels being there and he was warned that some very bad things would happen to him if he continued to do that and um this is this is occurring there's more than one article and this is this is only one of the situations down there where the drug cartels and the human traffickers are making it known that they are in control, and they're threatening citizens, they're threatening the press, they're 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 threatening all of us because we can see what's coming across the border, and it's a major threat. And the blood of Americans is definitely going to be on the hands of the Biden regime and all of those that support him. And if that's you out there and you're watching me, would we'll just say that uh, you know how can you support this guy because. Yeah, he's he's directly responsible for all the fentanyl that's coming across the border and killing. Some estimates say as many as 150,000 a year, 120,000 a year. I've heard, I've heard 90,000. So thousands and thousands of people. Remember, we fought a war for 20 years over 9/11, in which you know it was a terrible tragedy. 3,000 people approximately lost their lives, and then we fight a war for 20 years. Why isn't anyone, anyone, um, you know, other than us? in arms about what's going on and how they're just allowing our citizens to die they're allowing people to be murdered on the on the way up because the border is open if it wasn't open they wouldn't be coming therefore they wouldn't be murdered there's uh there's a phrase in the insurance world called but for and it deals with you know liability and it deals with um who's really responsible so this wouldn't have happened but for this action and that's what's happening down at the border. And when you lose your family members uh, to diseases that are coming across the border again, or violence or drugs, you need to look at yourself in the mirror if you're a Biden supporter or a voter for the Democrats or the rhinos for that matter, because they both, they both don't do anything at the border. And that's why we need Trump back in, uh, absolutely. So we'll be right back, and I'll have Scott with me on the other side of this break.
1: After we watched our daughter Grace die on FaceTime, I... uh, immediately felt that I needed to go to the hospital though I was still pretty sick. And I met Jessica and our pastor there and um, while we were in the room, we, Jessica and I just just spend a few moments just with Grace alone and it was it was just a horrific um, sight to come upon It was the fact that her daughter Grace was now gone. Um, The emotions that came over the top of our uh, minds and just our physical bodies were just unbelief. We we took her BiPAP off because it was still on. This was hope and prayers that somehow she wasn't really gone. And as soon as we did that,
0: the color of grace changed. And um,
1: we had to accept that she was truly gone. Ignore the thought police and subscribe or follow the Patriot Review. It's your patriotic duty.
0: All right, if you want to get your hands on some kingdom fuel, you can go to Sherwood.tv slash TPR. That's Sherwood.tv slash TPR. If you haven't seen my documentary Breaking the Oath yet, go to redbloodedpatriots.com. And watch it free there. All the episodes that I do are also downloadable, they're, they're, they are there as well. And uh, if you want to check out the documentary production page, that's America First America the number one productions.com. All right, I have Mr. Scott McKay joining me today. Scott, it is a pleasure to talk to you. I really look forward to this conversation because. Your your book title says it all, and um, I think I think that you know those of us that are that are patriots and have been on this journey uh, saw Barack Obama for who he was in his first term, and um, I think I think you're muted there. Uh, If you want to unmute yourself, but um, with right from Ferguson, right? I mean, right from right from Ferguson is probably the the wake-up call that made me say, here's this black president that had the greatest opportunity to really, really uh, affect race relations in a positive way. And um, he does just the opposite. So welcome to the show, Scott. It's an honor to have you.
2: Hey, thanks for having me. Um, Actually, I would trace the the real wake-up call uh, a little further back than Ferguson. I would say it came with Trayvon. Uh, because while we had had episodes of Barack Obama sort of ah, showing yes. who he was on race, um, like, you, you know, the, the new Black Panther case, which was immediately after the 2008 election, when those guys right. didn't get prosecuted for holding nightsticks and telling, like, oh, oh white ladies, you know, you're going to be under the boot of the black man uh, and don't you come here and vote. Like, that was a that was a little salty. And then you had the whole, uh, you know, the police acted stupidly on the whole Skip Gates thing. Right. But that, you know, they walked that back and there was the beer summit and it was kind of like, well, okay, you know, this is just a misunderstanding, whatever. But when the Trayvon Martin thing came and Barack Obama popped that quote out, if, you know, if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon. Right. Yeah. And, and held I this thing that. out with, you know, here was a kid who was in the process of beating a guy to death on the sidewalk, uh, who was a neighborhood watch captain who thought the kid was acting suspiciously and, you know, had called the cops on him and was trying to detain him. You know, whatever. But the fact that the guy pulled a gun out and shot the kid who was beating him to death is one of these deals where reasonable people would say the whole thing is very unfortunate, right? Right. Uh, Not everybody, you know, both both parties acted in a way that was probably more hostile than they should. And it just everything just devolved. But you're not going to sit here and make big societal statements about a case like that. Well, you know, that's not the way Barack Obama handled it. And he sent Eric Holder and this squadron of uh, goons from DOJ to come turn this thing into a national uh, uh, whatever. And immediately after the Trayvon Martin case popped was when Black Lives Matter got started, which was a massive corporate shakedown and of a piece with all kinds of things that happened during Barack Obama's time that have now metastasized into DEI and all of these other things where, um, you know, where they're, they're attempting to rewrite America's history and rewrite American society uh, along yeah. racial lines.
0: Right, the 1619 Project no one and stuff
2: chose. like that. Yeah, nobody yeah. chose this. I mean, the value right. proposition of Barack Obama when he got elected in 2008 was that we were going to put this racial stuff behind us once and for all. Like, how can right. a country that elects a black man president be racist? And this was the biggest bait and Twice. switch in the history of America. Uh, and we're yeah. paying a major price for it.
0: Well, you know... <laughs> I say things that are controversial but true. So, you know, I would say to anybody that challenges that, there's only one race that can help that can help black Americans, and that's the black Americans themselves. And they have sure. to get over they have to they have to deal with those issues themselves. And um, you know, when in in those cases, whether it's George Floyd or if it's Trayvon or whoever it is, you know, you look at the statistics and you got six percent of the population are are African American males. And the percentage of violent crimes that's committed by them is extremely dis- disproportionate. And, yes, I realize that there's a lot of societal issues and everything else. But personally, I think that our our race relations were actually much better before Barack Obama statistically, than where we're at. Yeah,
2: statistically yeah. speaking, 2007, you know, when you go back to, like, the Gallup survey, every June they do a race relations, um, uh, you know, poll across racial lines with 2007 was the zenith of race relations in America, okay? I mean, they've never been better at any time in American history than they were in June of 2007, which was, you know, round about the time that Barack Obama was building his presidential campaign. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, it kind of culminated in 2008 with his election that people were like, okay, the, the end of all of this is in sight, or at least we're about to turn into something else. And, I mean, he had the opportunity to be that. And, you know, with these right. cases like a Trayvon Martin or a Michael Brown or an Alton Sterling or an Eric Garner or, you know, whichever one of these you want to pick out, there was one thing he could have said that would have made all the difference, which is, hey, don't live your life like Eric Garner. Don't live your life right. like Alton Sterling. Right. You, you Like, you don't have to end up this way no matter what color you are like don't live a life of petty crime and drugs and and these kinds of things you know if you you know keep your nose to the grindstone get a job work that job get an education get marketable skills stay away from drugs doing all these different kinds of things there are behavioral patterns in America which overwhelmingly lead to social mobility regardless of what race you're, you are uh had right. he ever said those things in a high-profile situation, like following one of these police shootings or whatever, uh, you mm-hmm. would have made such a massive difference in the culture of the country. And he, instead of that, this guy lit every ra- racial fire he could. Um, And we, like, you know why. And there was a, a, a piece of video from, like, back in 2004, when it was right after Obama gave his... A speech at the Democrat convention in 04 that kind of put him on the national map he was running for the u.s senate
0: right, um, right.
2: and he's given this interview <coughs> excuse me and he gets asked uh about because he had talked a little bit about collective salvation right and basically what he says is, is you know people talk about individual salvation like you can do things uh, in your own life that would make it better. He says, none of that means anything unless we have collective salvation, meaning from the from the standpoint of the black community, the black community itself has got to progress. Well, that right. doesn't work. That's never worked. I mean right. you can't right. you know you can't go look at say the Irish or the Italians or the Filipinos or any of that uh, and say, okay, that whole community rose as one and you, you know like everybody became middle class. It doesn't happen that way. It's, a, it's a, a whole collection of stories of families, right? The first generation comes here, they get a job, they scratch out a living, their kids get an education, and then they get better it jobs. It happens, right? There's a it family happens, yeah. business.
0: Yeah. It happens over time. It happens that's over right. time, and, and that's, that's exactly why I have a huge problem with the, the whole privilege argument because everybody, everybody would be privileged if their family worked for worked hard for success. Before they before them, so prior generations are working hard to succeed, and they're working hard to make something themselves, working hard to start businesses and stuff, and then they their kids benefit from that. It's not privilege; it's right. based on hard work, right? Yeah. And um, I, I'm, so I'm, before before uh, before we go on though, you know, yeah. I mean, just take a step back quick because you cover a lot of stuff. You go you go really fast, but the the um, the Duke lacrosse players case, not only did not only did he do the things that you said he did as far as lighting racial fires, but he also weaponized the media and all of the um, the, the so-called civil rights leaders, right? You remember Sharpton and, and all those that got involved in, in, in all of these things, right? They, they're all agitators to to profit off of it. So when you really look back, you think about the Obama administration, and they also took the the media part and and stepped up the weaponization of the media. Don't you think? Right.
2: Now that that is one of the lasting legacies of of, of, of you know Barack Obama and the, the the weaponization of not just media but culture um, in such a way that most of the fundamental transformation of America that Barack Obama talked about is not a policy transformation. It's not something that necessarily comes from Washington. Certainly the things that he did while president in Washington had a cascading effect. Um And I mean, we could get into an entire discussion of like the economy and how it's now dominated by a small number of corporate players who are broke right. than like you mm-hmm. would have ever thought prior to 2008 and Obama's election. Things like that, but the style of American media that exists now is totally different than it did in 2007. And it's almost completely, the, you know, the, the effect of Obama. Um. And I, I'll tell like a little bit of a personal story. So the book that I wrote prior to Racism, Revenge, and Ruin is a book called The Revivalist Manifesto. I wrote it a year ago. Um. And Mike Johnson, who's the Speaker of the House now, mm-hmm. is a friend of mine. He's a congressman from Louisiana, where I am. Um, and Mike wrote the forward. Right. So last week, CNN's website goes and does this whole like expose oh, on how course. Mike Johnson is a poopy head for writing the forward of my book that's full of conspiracy theories and so on. And the piece that CNN wrote is so abjectly stupid. It doesn't talk about any of the things that the book actually talks about. It just cherry picks like phrases that they don't like. Oh, this book contains a reference to Pizzagate. And it's like, well, yeah, we talked about how Pizzagate was a problem for the Democrats because lots of people that weren't political became convinced that there were a bunch of pedophiles at the top of the Democrat Party. And they never really addressed it from a standpoint of of debunking it that people were believed in. It's not that I believe in Pizzagate. I just said, hey, this was a factor in the 2016 election. The book or the, the review of the book or the hit piece rather that CNN did was Full of stuff like that. And it's like, well, yeah, OK, but that's not what the book is about. You didn't read the book. Right. All you did was a key, right. key, keyword search and the degre- the degradation of American media into this. Oh, you said such and such a word and that makes you a racist or a homophobe mm-hmm. or what have you, rather than actually trying to understand what's going on. Maybe that was happening before Obama, but it it, it completely changed when he came on the scene. And it started with people trying to inform the public as to who Obama was and what his background was. And every single one of them got, you know, for lack of a better word, canceled uh, in the process. And so the American people never got to find out exactly what they were buying in Barack Obama. And when that went, you know, unanswered, it just metastasized into in 2020, you had 51 Uh, intelligence community spooks outright denying that the hunter biden laptop story was real and saying it was russian disinformation
0: right well you know you go back again go back again and just just think about you know hunter hunter and his laptop hunter and his gun hunter and the payments hunter and the big guy hunter and uh the the money flow and someday i think Soon Trump gets back in office. I think we will see the money laundering going way back into Barack Obama's Barack Obama's day, oh, the, the Acorn yeah. and the green energy companies and all that money that was dumped into those. And all of a sudden they're all bankrupt. And you know he's as dirty as he's as dirty as they come. And oh, I, you sure. know my hope my hope is that that it happens. But your your point about the media that's exactly why you're here today because people are sick of it. People are turning towards alternative media and different shows like this one right. and others that, um, that that have a more, I think, a, a foundational structure that they really support. And that is the Judeo-Christian value set that really established our nation and made it a great nation and the only nation that has been as successful as we've been. And these people are here to tear it down. And you got footage of of Obama when he was a much younger man at a, a rally for socialism. And you have Andrew Breitbart, who I, I still am skeptical about his death because he was talking about how he's going to announce something major that would end up uh, destroying Barack Obama's 2012 campaign. And suddenly he's dead. And as we know, you, you look at... Um, you look at uh, people like Epstein, Epstein and they try to tell you that that was an accident and everything else. I think there's so much dark stuff that the American people don't know yet. And um, Now, I haven't read your book as of yet, but um, I'm going to show the cover here. You won't be able to see it on your screen, but I have, I have it up here. Um, on amazon can you buy it from other outlets or is it just amazon and your website
2: uh barnes and noble has it books a million has it uh if you go to calamopress.com that's the publisher's website and they've got it they're actually running a uh uh, running a a sale on the book right now if you uh if you use keyword cnn in the uh the coupon code you can get a 30 (laughs) percent discount on the book this week so uh you know i thought that was a nice touch but uh uh, yeah, I mean, it's hey. it's a uh, um, it's you know starting to pop a little bit and, and uh, you should start to see it in books on a uh, bookstore shelves as well. If you if you don't necessarily want to buy it online, um, it, it should be out. You know, it's a great Christmas present for everybody and uh, um, uh, definitely a book that I think people will uh, find very provocative and uh, and thoughtful. So
0: so you do you do you offer any signed copies anywhere?
2: uh we're going to have that soon i don't actually have my author copies in yet i mean we this thing okay. just published on the 21st so hey when you uh, do
0: that reach out reach out to me because i want to buy one will do
2: okay yeah uh, we'll definitely do that
0: so let's talk about the book so we talked a little bit about you know some of the stuff that i think was more common in his or more well known Right. but uh, one point, one part that I want to get to I'm going to take a quick break here if you just hit mute for a little bit I got a three minute break and then we'll come back I want to get into also his attack on faith because he was really he really started attacking that as well so maybe we can chat about that a little bit we'll be right sure. back after this break folks
1: Patriots, it's me, Wayne Alaroot, otherwise known as WAR. I have a very special announcement for all of you. My hit show, Wayne Allyn Root, Raw and Unfiltered, is coming to the brand new station that's taking over the nation, Blessed News Network. God has opened a door in my life to be part of this amazing new Christian conservative network, live every night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, on our channel on Roku TV,
0: All right, we're back with Scott McKay, the author of *Racism, Revenge, and Ruin*. It's all Obama. Scott, welcome, and um, good to have you back in yeah, the second nice. segment here. Uh, so, w- but just before the break, I was mentioning, you know, that um, uh, Obama also attacked the Christian religion. I should have specified Without that.
2: Push.
0: Yeah. Um, in in particular, you know, he he put out the example of the Crusades, which um, you know, it's funny because the catholic church tolerated 465 years of of islamists going across the globe matter of fact they went from the middle east all the way to spain yeah <laughs> and uh, then the crusades happened and there was only 11 major battles but um so talk about that what what did you what do you uh, what do you have to say on that whole thing with well, Obama I, you know attacking religion
2: on the, on the larger question of like the war on faith. I mean, you know, Obama was the guy who denied that this was a Christian nation, if you remember, um, you know, and, and like at the time, everybody in the country thought he was nuts when he said that. Um, and now, you know, 15 years later after, uh, his arrival on the political scene as a, you know, as a, as a, as a a president elect, I guess, um, you know, it sounds like he was right. Like most people are saying, this is a post-Christian nation. Um, you know, and a lot of this, like I talked about in the last segment, a lot of this stuff is um, you could see policy actions that came out of D.C., and then you could see sort of the filter down effect with respect to, like, economics and culture and so forth. And, like, a great, a great example of this is, like, the Hobby Lobby case, right? So All Obama right. goes yeah. and gets Obamacare passed. And, you know, there's, like, the little hidden provision in Obamacare that says, oh, by the way, um, you know, you have to have abortifacient pills uh, included in health plans on every, you know, corporate health plan that, under Obamacare. Well, Hobby Lobby is run by a bunch of Christians, and they don't believe in right. that, right? And you know, right. hey, that's their business. They can they can do it that way. They cannot. Most Americans would agree with that. <clears throat> the Obama Justice Department takes the the uh, the the position that. Religious freedom basically stops at the church door. You have the right to go to church and practice your faith, but what you don't have the right to do is to carry your faith outside of the church doors and live it in business or in you know in commerce and so forth. And you know that is exactly the same position that the Soviet communists right. in Russia, which was okay, fine, you know we'll let you go to church, but you are not allowed to let your religion. Supersede the the precepts of communism. It's what the Chinese communists have done, even though they're worse because they actually tell the church what they can preach.
0: Um, and they also kill people. But
2: yeah, well, they do we, that too. Um,
0: but we're you know I think another example is the wedding cake uh, guy who. Well, remember, yeah. That's you know, exactly. So there's a lot of there's a lot of examples of it. So so these these segments always go so fast. So I want to make sure to 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 ask you what are the what are the main points what's what's the main reason that this book would be attractive to readers what are they going what are they going to learn
2: well a couple of things For, you know first is that um, this sounds like it might be a history book right because we're talking about a guy that was president you know essentially 7 years ago it's not a history book because all of these terrible things that happened during obama are happening now having metastasized from the time Obama was president to this current administration, which is an Obama redux kind of third term Obama administration. And so all of this stuff is current. It's not past. And, uh, gotcha. you know, that that means it's important to understand why we're where we are in America. Um, and the main thrust of the book is none of this is organic. It was all contrived and executed by a cabal of people that Barack Obama is the head of. He's the most consequential person in American politics, which is a really kind of depressing thing to have to say, because I'd like to say it was Trump. Um, But it's not. It's Obama. He's the first ex-president to choose to live in Washington, D.C., and he did that for a reason. Um, You know, he, he ran a shadow government when Trump was president, with the deep state and all of these different, uh, uh, things that they did to essentially run a, a, a slow-moving coup d'état against the, uh, that's the right. president of the United States—that's exactly States. what it was. Yeah, and and you know now, I mean, when Obama showed up at the White House a year a year and change ago, now
0: I was just going to bring uh, that up. That was just, that was the statement, wasn't it? That was yeah, when Biden was, was walking around lost in the room and didn't know where to go. And that's yeah.
2: exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. I mean, it was such a wide-open hey. Here's a demonstration of what's really going on for yeah. anybody that was willing to pay attention. Joe Biden couldn't right. even get a conversation going in the White House. He's the president of the United States, and they're all mobbing Obama. Uh, well, and I know he's, he's joking pedophile. that you know, he's the vice president and all the rest of this. I mean, it was, it was a wide open, not subtle statement of who the <laughs> yeah. boss actually is. <laughs> yes, it um, was. So, you know, so like the I mean, in other words, Obama is still very much a current event. And I think that the book wants to, you know, wants to, whether it's beating you over the head about that or what, you know, like, hey, let's understand where we are as a country and why we're there and who the guy is that's responsible for it so that we can finally get away from this idea of Barack Obama as this symbolic figure or whatever you want to say. The guy's consequential. Okay. And he still has an effect on the country. It's a, absolutely damaging effect and it's better to understand that so that then you can then come to terms with it and deal with it and push it back
0: i wish i could uh, i wish i could talk to martin luther king jr about what his what his thoughts are on the obama presidency and where we're at today where you know we're going back to segregation and on all these things that would just break his heart for sure yeah and and here we are right i mean so so people can get your book on, on Amazon. Say the others again for me, if you would.
2: Yeah, you know, Barnes & Noble has it. Uh, Books of Millions, one of the other big booksellers, they've got it as well. Uh, and go to Calamopress.com if you want to uh, get a discounted copy. Like I said, uh, if you put CNN in, in the coupon code, um, that'll give you a 30% discount on the book this week.
0: All right, awesome. And I know you have a website also, TheHayRide.com, yeah. right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's um, we cover uh like southern politics and culture uh mostly kind of sites based in Louisiana. I've also got a national conservative site called reviver.com, r v i v r.com uh which is a really it's a really neat project. It's a news aggregator that also aggregates video content and then it's got its own kind of conservative commentary as well. And of course, I write a column at the American Spectator 3 days a week, so most of your readers I'm sure you're you're oh, Viewers, I'm sure know uh, Spectator.org. Uh, you know yeah. it's been around forever, and um, it's kind of what I'm besting. Uh, then awesome. again, now that CNN is beating me up for writing uh, conservative books, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm maybe I can sell them. A, say I'm a best-selling author now. So yeah, uh, you
0: know that's exactly that's exactly the effect they have, right? When they
2: when they look, attack people. I mean, th- that piece came out on <laughs> Friday morning. By Saturday, uh, the Revivalist Manifesto was number one on Amazon's comparative politics chart. And as of at least yesterday, the last time I looked, it still was. So I think I can say I'm a best-selling author. That's thanks awesome. To CNN.
0: I know. Congratulations.
2: I know. I'm <laughs> supposed to be mad at, at Andrew Kaczynski, who's the hack that did that piece. I'm not mad at him. I'll buy him dinner if he comes down this way. And does. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, it's been a real pleasure to talk with you, Scott. Come back; we'd like to have you back and talk more. You know, so you're always welcome. Sure. I tell I tell everybody on the show once you're on the show, it's really not up to you. I consider you a friend. So, any anytime I can be of of service or help get the word out on a project or anything like that, don't hesitate and uh, look me up. My email is redbloodedpatriots at protonmail dot com, and uh, you can feel free to email email me. You'd like as well regarding anything thanks. so thanks again it. and we will see you next time and look forward to that
2: thanks a lot it's been a pleasure
0: my pleasure thank you sir Patriots, it's Jeff Wagner. Let's face it, it's getting harder and harder to make ends meet. It's only gonna get worse. This inflation is gonna continue. As a matter of fact, our dollar is in jeopardy of even existing with the crazies that want to go to the digital currency to control us all. You can go to phd.com slash the Patriot Review, get all kinds of free great information and invest in gold and silver for your future. Our world is full of electromagnetic fields that even though we can't see them, are affecting our bodies, our sleep, and even our ability to think clearly. The advent of 5G is only making this worse. There is an answer. Visit Fix the World by clicking the link in the Patreon review show description below view natural products that can actually protect you from emf and 5g and even improve your sleep skeptical get the free dangers of emf radiation ebook free by clicking on its direct link also in the show description here's a nutritional hack anyone can master replace a meal a day with our kingdom feel
1: or if you're a moth from the gym Coming to you from the land of common sense and American pride. Not a unicorn or rainbow in sight. Welcome back to the Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner.
0: Oh yeah, so frustrating when that audio doesn't kick off right away like it should, but... um... If you want to get your hands on some of the Zelenko products i also uh, am an affiliate with them if you want to support the show it would be greatly appreciated uh you can you can get there by clicking on the link in my show description and get yourself some great deals and some great product also we were mentioning in that interview the fact that uh it's only a few major major corporations or holding companies that own Uh, all these corporations that you see on this wheel here. If you're sick of supporting woke companies, go to shop for freedom, shop the number for freedom dot online and check out American made products by an American uh, family owned manufacturer and uh, sign up and receive a call and some information on that. Uh, You won't be disappointed in that. All right. So I am going to show a video from Kirk Elliott, Kirk, uh, was mentioned there in in the commercial for gold and silver, and um, I wanted to show you this. I think it's a seven minute clip, but uh, this is a clip about what we're seeing today uh, in our country as far as uh, of gold and silver and the dollar go.
3: All right, being stubborn. We'll do it this way. Today, hey, this is Dr. Kirk Elliott, and this is my weekly commentary for this week. And, you know, we've been talking a today. This is Dr. Kirk Elliott, and this is my weekly commentary for this week. And, you know, we've been talking a lot and you've uh, some of you who've who've listened to me for years <clears throat> or decades. <laughs> um, a lot of you have been with me for decades, and that's just awesome, Um, have always heard me say that fundamentals always trump everything. Right. So. And you've got technical traders who will look at charts and entry points and exit points and all of that kind of stuff and to me it's like it's never mattered i don't care because the fundamentals always trump everything so what are the fundamentals that cause market growth or contraction it's it's political you know legislation it's it's policies it's things coming out of dc it's administrative rulings from non-governmental organizations and international organizations right it's it's interest rate cycles it's taxes it's it's the labor force it's our people's wages keeping up with inflation what how much money is being printed how much is being pulled out of circulation right all of those things are the fundamentals that always drive the markets and to me it boils down to just a couple simple things number one For an economy to grow, literally, you have to have lowering taxes, lowering interest rates, and job creation. It's as simple as that. If you don't have that, the market's being held together literally by some kind of stimulus, right? They're printing money out of thin air to keep it the appearance of the market growing, right? Right. And when you have, when you have critical mass like we have right now, it's like everyone's living at the margin. If you, raise taxes anymore people are if they're already living at the margin they're just going to spend less when people spend less corporate revenues come down mom and pops can't afford to stay in business i mean we're we're there now at the beginning of an interest rate cycle at the beginning of a taxation cycle usually it's when people are fat and happy right and and taxes go up a little bit interest rates go up a little bit and i say well I still have a bunch of money left over at the end of the month. I don't care if taxes go up or if interest rates go up and my credit card bills go up i'm I'm going to keep spending because I still have money left at the end of every month. We're not there. We're not there domestically here in america. We're not there globally either. We're hitting the end of of like this debt super cycle I and mean, here's what it what it feels like um because globally things are now starting to come fall into place. For everything that we've talked about for a couple of years. You know, over, over this last week, gold is soaring, right? It's almost 2100, but silver's going up even more. Silver's up, uh, 2550, 2580, somewhere in that. It's pushing $26 an ounce. This is fantastic momentum. But why? Why are they doing that? Is it because of technical charts? Is it be, no, it has nothing to do with charts. It has nothing to do with technical, you know, buy-ins or or sell-offs or anything like that, right? It's it's the fundamentals that that cause growth. It's Chairman Powell last week um making comments that that aren't really as hawkish as as people were hoping that they would be, right? So so gold spiked to almost a record high. Um actually I think it did hit a high. I'd, I'd have to look and see the interday trading. Um when, when we're pushing close to twenty one hundred because Powell failed to hammer the hawkish cases in his fireside chat. Right. So when and stocks eager to take out twenty twenty three highs, Powell had a big problem on his hands. Not so much because. Of this imminent easing that people were expecting, but but really inflationary pressures are going to keep persisting because they haven't controlled inflation. It's happening everywhere. But now you see this, and boy, it, it's reminiscent of, of 1983, right, or early 1980, actually. And 83 was like the end of that, that frame when, when Paul Volcker, chairman of the Fed at that point, not, not, you know, Jerome Powell like today, he had to raise interest rates so high to squash the inflationary pressures. See, this knee-jerk reaction that we're seeing the surge in higher in gold And digital gold meant to be once again the death watch for the dollar as gold goes up that's the death watch for the dollar and fiat money in general right it's gold and silver are a barometer to to fiat currencies right and so we're seeing these things go up we're seeing like cryptocurrency go up too because people are pulling out of of traditional markets they're pulling out of things that they think I I don't think it's gonna I don't think it's gonna last and now you've got a resurgence like of just like fire in in the Middle East with with Israel and Hamas and and warships being attacked in the in the in the Gulf and I mean it's just it's just crazy right it's crazy and this is striking fear into the hearts and minds of people as the violent resumption of the Israel Hamas war um, included attacks on US warships in the Gulf like I just talked about but it gets worse than that because war always causes people to operate out of a state of fear. Um, inflation, when people run out of money, cause people to operate out of a state of fear. This is why gold and silver tangible assets do so well during times like this. And what we're seeing is this, this literally, I, I was reading the Zero Hedge article and they called it the death watch on the U.S. dollar, right? And that's what gold and silver are doing. It's like the death watch on the dollar, because they know that policymakers don't have this thing figured out. But gold and silver do have it figured out. They're the perfect inflationary hedge. So I would encourage all of you that haven't allocated, um, you know, maybe sitting on the sideline doing whatever, allocate more into tangible assets because they they perform so well during times like this. We're starting to see these knee jerk reactions moving forward, which are going to turn into more longer sustained growth patterns. They they traditionally do right? um, because people in times of fear, chaos, uncertainty, turbulence, turmoil, look for something that's real. They look for something that's real. And that's where gold and silver come in, come into play. Um, so I encourage all of you to allocate into gold and silver. I don't know if any of you saw Tucker Carlson's interview. I can't remember who it was, it was some, some major economist um, last week. And Tucker made this statement. It's like, well, should we like bury gold in our backyard? And the answer was yes. <laughs> it's like, OK, that's hitting the mainstream now, right? So people are looking towards things that we've been talking about for a while. And that's, I believe, is biblical wisdom and discernment of the times that we're living in. So call us if you need anything, 720-605-3900. We'd love to help you get you out of harm's way. God bless. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
0: All right. Sorry about that. There's just a little bit of leg. It is my computer. It has a hard time processing everything I have open, uh, and I'll do the show. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed that message from Kirk. I'm going to try to include those every week for you. Uh, you can go to Kirk Elliott. It's two L's and two T's. Kirk Elliott, PhD.com slash The Patriot Review altogether. There's no underscores or anything. So Kirk Elliott, com slash The Patriot Review. And this is the page that you should see if you're watching me on video. If, it's, if you're on the podcast, obviously you can't see it. So you have to go check it out. uh, Yes, gold and silver are going wild, and um, you need to get your hands on some of that. You know, that makes a great, great Christmas gift as well. So uh, that's something for you to think about. All right, thank you so much for being here. We will see you tomorrow.